Welcome to the Is This Enough feed. David Hoare here, co-host of Is This Enough, letting you know that I am returning to the Edinburgh Fringe this summer from the 2nd to the 25th of August with my new show, 1000% Musical Comedy, in which I will attempt to create the maximum amount of musical comedy. Tickets on sale now from the Fringe website. I will be doing a preview of the show at the Brighton Fringe on Saturday, May 4th at 4.15pm at Three Jolly Butchers. Tickets available via Skiddle. And if you'd like to see James O'Donoghue live they're performing on Thursday the 2nd of May at Comedy Queers at Off-Broadway in Hackney also you can now watch full video versions of new episodes of Is This Enough on YouTube starting with mini episode 4 Is This Enough with James O'Donoghue and David Hall. Hey James guess what what the fuck David I was just having some therapy because things are going great. And uh, (laughs) I uh, finished therapy and I was just sat there like sending some money to my therapist as is the transaction when I heard a big ka-junk. And it turns out that the windows in my establishment, one of them, you know how sometimes you get like two windows within the window frame, you get like two windows and you can lift one of them up and bring one of them down. Yeah. Well, the one that go down was at the top and it's just fallen down behind the one and I can't. So if you can hear outside noises, it's because I can't close my window. (laughs) That's because your outsides are insides. (laughs) That sounds like I'm in some kind of Hellraiser type situation. We have such sights to show you. Such (laughs) is the back of houses here in undisclosed location. (laughs) Um, when you Let's were tour guiding, David. did you? <laughs> when you were tour guiding, did you ever say, "I've got such sights to show you"? <laughs> no, that would be excellent. Ah, <laughs> oh, that would be brilliant. Um, I d- I'm trying to think. Did I sneak anything in? Did some dome puns when we went round St Paul's? That was about it. Dome, dome. What dome puns did you do? Well, just dome now means. Um, fellatio does it yeah i think so i didn't get that memo <laughs> well like the way you said like, <laughs> dome now means it now means dome now you get a, a leaflet from the nhs going dome now means fellatio dome now means now means sucked off <laughs> <laughs> dome um, you believe it mm. oh that would be a name for a round i just name domes it's good. Is this I, a dome? Did you do any of like me straight from the top of my dome as a rock, 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 micro, micro, microphone? I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. Do you remember the freestyles? I'll t- tell you something. Yeah? My girlfriend will just put that on. Just put that on around the house. I love your girlfriend. Not as much as you it's, do, but I do really love now. your girlfriend. <laughs> whoa, now. Uh, apparently, she used to go around on Darth Maul scooter listening to that in the 1990s. I don't love your girlfriend, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> on a Darth Maul scooter, you say? On a Darth Maul scooter. You on know, a when Darth, it... Darth scooter on a Darth, Darth... <laughs> you know, like, when, when Darth Maul was around. Do you remember Skelly Bones? Thing? I've turned into Peter Kay today, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you remember Freestylers? Do you remember Skelly Bones? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Until I, ah oh no, I was gonna say I can't wait until there's nostalgia about our 
generation. Thing is, there already is, and we're not even old, and it fucking sucks. I just saw my friend Pete that I have not seen, who I've not seen for ten years. And whilst I was at his, we were talking about a video game we used to play, and he went probably on this hard drive, and then suddenly like went to a stack of hard drives he had, and was like, "Let's check this out." Found a video game that we used to play, and then a bit later on, I went to go like I was about to leave, and I was just packing my stuff into my bag, and he suddenly appeared at the door and just went, "I found something." And it turns out it was videos of us skateboarding, which I think oh. I sent you some. Um, that was 20 years ago. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ooh, indeed. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> to quote Vin Diesel. Ooh. <laughs> to quote Vin Diesel. I'm going to need 72 more Fast and Furious movies. Ooh. Ooh. To quote Vin Diesel. I'm Groot. Hello and welcome to episode 11 spectacular of Is This Enough? Whoa! The really brilliant game show that's brilliant and excellent. Most podcasts don't make it past episode 10, so we're better than all of them now. Woo-hoo-hoo. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> Is This Enough is the exciting comedy quiz where we've made up four exciting rounds each and we have no idea what the other has prepared. With me, as ever, is comedian, actor, painter and birthday they, James O'Donoghue! It's my birthday! (laughs) James, how many rotations of the sun have you completed? 21, according to my agent. The joke there <laughs> is that I'm an actor and therefore we shouldn't really say our real ages. However, the other joke there is I am currently seeking representation. If you are an agent listening to this, please, by all means, approach me after the show in the bar that me and David go to afterwards and go, How was it, darling? Awful audience. What we never explain is we record this in front of a live audience and they (laughs) hate it. It's been 10 episodes of nothing. And yet we're having the best time. Narcissism. We put the arse in narcissism. What a pain in the narse. (laughs) James, how are you getting on with last week's prize, the biggest coin in all of England? My, 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 the biggest coin in all of England. David, I spent it all on a bloody week's worth of electricity because of the cost of living crisis. I'll tell you that for free. Did you just say electricity? Electricity. <laughs> hey, electricity. Is that what you call your vibrator? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here no. to judge. <laughs> no, I call it. David Hall. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, last week, uh, as a forfeit, I received the biggest colon in all of England. So many dietary requirements. We hope you'll play along with uh, the quiz as we uh, go on. Please let us know your score by emailing us at is this enough podcasting at gmail.com. Uh, there's even yes. an audience round at the end where you could tell us your answers. James, are you ready to find out if this is enough? David, I think I already might know the answer. Do you? But yes, from the future. Yeah. James, before we start, let me tell you about this week's prizes and forfeits. Ooh. 
the winner of this week's show will win a ladder. Ah, oh, sick. <laughs> For climbing up and down. The Whoa. forfeit this week is if you lose, you can only go downstairs for a week. Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> I live on the third floor. That's a bad day. That's only a bad down. time. So let's get on with the quiz. Round one. James, round one is called ephemeral knowledge. Okay, right. <laughs> General knowledge, general knowledge. And luckily for you, like, oh yeah, go on. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know. What this I like to do be... is really undermine James at the beginning by giving them an existential crisis, so that I have the upper hand because I want that ladder. Uh, James, it's a multiple choice edition. Kapow, pow, pow, pow. Multiple choice. Can you believe it? <laughs> well. Fuck me. Multiple choices. <laughs> this is for 1,100 points a question to celebrate the 11 episode spectacular. Are you excited, James? Yes, I am very excited to do this episode of Ephemeral Knowledge. <laughs> Which of these is, is the correct world record held in the shortest time? I'll give you a world record followed by a series of options. You just have to tell me which of them is correct. Do you understand? I understand. It's very short. It's very ephemeral. But how is your ephemeral knowledge? Do, 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 ephemeral knowledge. Do, 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 ah. Um, James, question number one. Uh, What was the most amount of socks put on one foot in 30 seconds? Was it 12, 19, 28, or 42? 28. Let's go for 28. James, you've just scored yourself a absolutely crisp 1,100 points. Whoa, now. Uh, That's so exciting. James, how many socks do you reckon you could put on your feet in Uh, 30 seconds? In 30 seconds. I uh, I don't know. I'm... I break my little toe quite a lot. Do you? So I, I've broken my little toe about three times in the last three years. Oh, that also, not only am I concerned for your little toe, sounds like a euphemism. Breaks his little toe a lot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something you hear in a noir movie. Yeah. The society girl who breaks a little toe a lot. You see her in the bars. Uh, James, question number two. What is the fastest time for assembling a Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> is it 6.61 seconds, 6.62 seconds, 6.63 seconds, or 14 seconds? Bit of a curveball here for you. 14 seconds. <sighs> James, no. Somebody did assemble uh-huh. a Mr. Potato Head in 6.62 seconds. Why? It turns Why? out it was the biggest Colin in all of England. Oh, no, Colin! <laughs> he uses massive hands for speed. James, question number three. What is the most amount of apples shoved up a person in a minute? Was it single, <laughs> bunch, punnet, or fruit stand? I'm going to say it was a fruit stand when someone went, oh, it's a bit of a rip-off, mate. And the owner <laughs> of the fruit stand, oh, <laughs> Correct, 11,000 points, exactly like that. <laughs> yes, and do you know why I know? 
<laughs> because it was me, David. I was that fruit stand. On an unrelated note, how great is the word punnet? Punnet is good, man. I use it whenever I can as a word. Uh, what's good is oh, that's a punnet's worth. How many say gra- that about anything. Yeah, how many grandparents have you still got alive? About a punnet's worth. Cool. Shays a punnet's worth if ever I did say that. <laughs> you can see me and David in our new sitcom on the market, in which me and David play two market stall owners, but one of us has a fruit market and the other one has the stock market. <gasps> Who will win? Unfortunately, it's the live stock market. Question number yeah. four. What is the most amount of clothes pegs clipped onto a face in 60 seconds? Oh, it... pegged right in the face. Yeah. Is it 49, 50, 51, or 64? I'm going to go for 64. Let's go in human. <sighs> It was 51. I'm very, very sorry. Oh. But I uh, I like how you said, was it go inhuman? Um, yeah, let's, uh, it's in a human rate. It's in a human speed. <laughs> yeah, it's it so inhuman it's... that it wasn't the record. Uh, question number five. What was the most amount of Peggy Mitchell impersonators to get pegged in one minute while shouting, get out of my pub? Was it dumb, 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 or dumb, 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 dumb? I think it's dum 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 dum. Do 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 do. Correct. That's eleven hundred points to you there, James. At the end of that fine round of answering from you there, you've got thirty three hundred points. Yes. Pow. Over to you with round two, James. Round two. Round two. My, 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 David. My, my, my. (laughs) This round is called Comic Books Are Kind of Dumb If You Really Think About It. (laughs) David, I like comics. You Mm. like comics. We all like comics. But what about when comic books are dumb? Ha! Crazy to think about. But sometimes even the best books can have a dud run. I'm James from Watch Mojo, and today we're <laughs> counting down the top 10 dumbest things to happen in comic book history. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and ring that bell for notifications as we count down the top 10 dumbest things to happen in comics. But before we do, don't forget to click below to subscribe to Watch Mojo. Now let's get on with the top 10 dumbest things to have happened in Watch Mojo. But before we do, let's count down the top 10 subscribers <laughs> to comic books sponsored by subscribing to Countdown. Let's keep this top 10 subscribe and like the bell. Click the books, count the mojo, watch comics, kill me! Here's some dumb shit. Tell me if these really <laughs> happened in comics or if I'm talking shit, all right? Jesus, David, there was no need to make that as complicated as it was. Um, these um, are all worth... 74 points. I'm so ready. (laughs) Batman gets hooked on roids. Was that a real thing that happened in comic books? Oh, that is so plausible. Um, Is he a roid guy? Is Um, Batman a roid guy? Roid guy. Different artists will draw him a bit roided up. Sometimes Mm. you look at him and he's like, like... I always thought it was insane to believe that Ben Affleck as Batman, the broadest man that ever lived, could sneak into the shadows. 
Yes, that's true. Also, I like the idea that the broadest man is also just very popular. He's like, broad shoulders, broad appeal. Um, I think that, yes, he must have got addicted to roids because he can afford them. And it's the sort of thing that um, people with less accountability think they can get away with. David, that is true. That is absolutely true. Well done. You've got yourself 74 points. Mm. Next question. Superman, but Welsh. (gasps) (laughs) Lois Lane is my wife. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that was a terrible accent. Lex Luthor, but with two L's. (laughs) Lois <laughs> Lane <laughs> Whose coat is this Lois Lane? <laughs> I'm from Krypton But I landed in Ronda <laughs> Welsh I'm Accent s- work Listen to the accent work I am very <laughs> hireable Yeah, don't hire me for acting But do hire James for acting um, I'm going to say yes Because I want it to be true David, 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 David I'm sorry David, 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 David. I'm sorry, but Superman has never and will never be Welsh. Shame. What if Stan Lee was ultra-absorbent? <laughs> like a sponge. Like a sponge. Like a sponge. Like Stan a sponge. Lee from Marvel Comics. But he's kind of spongy? What's all that about? I mean, was he ever... I mean, I guess people have drawn him into the... Oh, he's been in comics. He's yeah. appeared as himself, out and about, getting up <laughs> because to Because narcissism is real. <laughs> Stanley puts the arse in narcissism. Uh, false? Ah, that is false, yes. He's <laughs> never been ultra-absorbent in a comic. However, in real life, he's been very absorbent of other people's ideas. <sighs> Next question. Please give James an agent. <laughs> Please give me an agent, because I'm going to get into some Stanley slander, and his estate is very litigious. <laughs> maybe not as litigious as maybe Jack Kirby should have been. <laughs> He does make exceedingly litigious claims. The Joker wants to take his face off. What, like uh, Nicolas Cage and or John Travolta? Yes, from the movie Face Off. (laughs) That was at one point the scariest film I'd ever seen where I was having a sleepover at my friend's house. Did you have a friend when you were younger whose parents didn't care what rating film they watched? I watched the film Safe Room when I was about 10. Mm. And that is not... That's like, if you're going to put a horror movie on, there's like, if if you're kind of young, you want maybe something a bit more spooky. You want like, there's a monster or a ghost. That was just home invasion. Yeah, you don't... You don't want people in your life. house doing horrible things. Exactly. So I watched Face Off when I was probably about ten or eleven, and yeah. I made them turn it off when basically in the glass reflection you can see uh, Nicolas Cage's face with the oh, yeah. skin on it, and, and he goes, like, "What happened to my face?" Um, that's my Nicolas Cage impression. As you can see, don't hire me for acting. Um, so <laughs> um, Olivier Awards all round. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think that the Joker did want his face off. David, that is indeed from the comic run Death of the Family from Batman. 
by Scott Snyder. Um, Any relation? No, okay. no, because Scott Snyder could actually make good things. <gasps> oh, do you like 300? Ah, uh, it's dog shit. <laughs> That's my hottest take. Fair enough. My hottest take is it's bad. But my less hot take is that the Snyder Cut of Justice League, it's actually, I quite, quite enjoy it. Quite I remember enjoy it, you, really. when it came out, you were like, I'm getting through it. And I'm like, why? And I just didn't know, because everyone was demanding other people to watch it. And I'm like, but it's I... a long film made longer. And everybody hated the other film. It's like, yeah, but it sort of makes it okay now. And I can't work yeah. out if it got round to Stockholm Syndrome, which apparently isn't a thing. No, um, I think I'm I'm just a completionist. And I saw mm. the first the first of that franchise in cinemas and I just wanted to see it wrapped up. And there and it's been wrapped up now about four different times, mm. that whole universe. And it's nuts. It's bad. Well done, lads. You fucked it. <laughs> Truly incredible how fucked they made it. Excellent work. Real story for the ages. Mm. All now. This next question is Wonder Woman does her taxes. Did that did that happen in the pages of DC comic books? Well, I thought she was like some kind of Amazonian lady. Is that right? I assume they have tithes at least in the Amazon, but I think she she also just is about She's just knocking She's about. about. I guess thing. if you live in Metropolis long enough, then you're going to be dealing with taxes. Yes? I'm afraid you never see Wonder Woman doing her taxes. She can only mean... Suspicious. It's suspicious. <laughs> uh, question six. Animal Man versus Wiley Coyote. Did that happen? Is Animal Man a DC superhero? Animal Man is a DC superhero. I'm just going to Google Animal Man. Animal Man. Oh, Jesus, why? (laughs) I do like the ad drawings of animals around him. That's a very pensive giraffe. Oh, there's one with him with meerkats. What is Animal Man? Is he basically like Eliza Thornberry? What's his powers? Uh, He just kind of... Has animal powers really? You can just like animal about. I like animals, but animals like had the power of one animal, and he was like, "Here's many." Was it limited, or was it just? I've never read Animal Man. <laughs> I've never read it, so let that guide you with this how it will. Is there an animal girl? That's what they usually go for, isn't it? Because patriarchy, they usually go male superhero and then female version, but it's a young female. Yeah. And then occasionally you'll get like the woman, but the woman is usually queer coded in some way. Ah. Because if they're uh, slightly older and capable, therefore that probably means lesbian. And that is how comic (laughs) writers work. I also, we're picking up a lot of phrases I want to use more now. That probably means lesbian. Probably a lesbian. Probably means lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I yes, let's go with Animal Man versus Wiley Coyote. Yes, that's please. true. Yes. That's from Grant Morrison's run of Animal Man, and surprisingly, that's a very good issue of Animal Man. <laughs> and finally, Joker copyrights his likeness. Oh, uh, mm, mm, yes, yeah, yeah, he's done that. Really? It, it, yeah, yeah, uh, he copyrighted his likeness. And then poisoned loads of fish, so they had his face, and he was going to try and get royalties for that. Again, sounds bad. It's actually a very good issue of Batman <laughs> from, I think, the late 70s. It's oh, good. I quite enjoy, when I've read bits of Joker stuff, that like it's not just him being like, I've put another bomb on a thing, and you have to turn off the bomb, Batman. It's like Bat- uh, Joker finds interesting ways in which to kind of do real chaotic shit. shit. Yeah. He, he'll particularly like in the 60s, he was very like just kind of, here's a surfing contest, Batman. And then in the 70s, it's like, well, let's have him do something dumb, but also murderous. Mm. And that's, that's, I think, a good balance for him instead of just being king of the incels. Which is what he is now. Yeah, to a pedo soundtrack. Let's yeah. go. Let's um, go. At the end of that round, David, <laughs> you've won 296 points. But I think you've also won a little bit more knowledge about the crazy world of comic books. <laughs> Dear me. And over to you, David Hoare. Round three. <laughs> James, round three. It's called Pothole or Plot Hole. Ooh. Uh, just as an aside here, James, do you think, uh, what do you think is worse, potholes or plot holes? Um, well, a plot hole has never destroyed the suspension of my car. Mm. However, mm-hmm. it has disp- destroyed the, my suspension of disbelief. <gasps> That's good stuff. We can tell you've recently had a birthday and should definitely get acting representation. Uh, James, I'm going to tell you some things and you just have to tell me whether they are potholes or plot holes. This is for 22,000 points a question. Oh, the stakes have never been higher. (laughs) They're very high stakes. Um, James, question number one. The end of my road. Is there an ocean at it? (laughs) it's a road not a lane oh damn it i thought i was being a neil gaiman turns out i was being a neil silly man (laughs) that's probably the nicest pun neil gaiman has ever had made about his name probably (laughs) and i uh have a lot of affinity with somebody with a difficult surname (laughs) yeah So much affinity. David, what a name. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say, the end of your road, is, is a, there's a pothole. Correct. Question yes. number two, the M4. A pothole? Correct. Question number three, the M5. A pothole? Correct. Question number four, uh, my mum's road? Pothole. Correct. Question number uh, five, where you live? Pothole. Correct. Uh, Question number six. Every bloody road in this fucking country? 
Potholes? Correct. At the end of that round, James, you are on 135,300 points. Why are there so many fucking potholes? Oh, my God. That was swift. That was... uh, You know, the the BBC got loads of complaints during the coronation of King Charles III because everyone could see how dog shit our roads were. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, but I can believe it. There's just so many potholes. If you watch that, there's loads of potholes that they just like haphazardly filled with sand. Also, do you remember a, fu- a few weeks ago? <laughs> a few fucking weeks ago. A few weeks ago, <laughs> when you asked me if I'd seen a badger, and I said I'd seen just a dead one on the side of the road. Yeah. All I see when I'm driving around to gigs at the moment is dead animals and potholes. I keep on oh. driving past the same dead deer all the Christ. time, and nobody's clearing. Uh, who, who? What is happening? Why Why are our roads I, so bad? Just, these are the notes at the end of a civilization as well. This is this is we are good. This is going to be used for part of an essay that's called "The Factors Leading to." <laughs> How big does a pothole need to be to have its own gravitational pull and pull in the whole of society? I just feel like the politics we have at the moment are a bloody pothole. Have you seen the clowns down in Parliament House? If anything, everything they're saying is riddled with plot holes as well. Oh my God, I got them both ways. Slam. Don't book me for acting. Book me for Have I Got News For You. Or, I don't know, Mock the Week. Is that still going? No. It it fell into a pothole. James, over to you. (laughs) Sorry, I trampled over your line there. What were you going to say? Uh, bloody fell into the bloody pothole called the BB bloody C. I tell you that for nothing. <laughs> I tell you bloody that for nothing. Oh, is that Auntie Beep? I think we should turn her life support system off. Whoa, now. Please book me for work, BBC. Please, um... please book David for work. Please. <laughs> Over to you, James. Round four. David, this yeah. next. Hold on a second. Um, uh, is your camera okay, mate? Yeah? Correct! It is okay. That is 30,000 points. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. I really felt like I deserved that. That's good. So, David. It's a Logitech. Please sponsor me, Logitech. (laughs) David. Yes. The year is 2095. The systems have collapsed. After a brief but deadly neutronic war, the earth was transformed into a poisonous scorched desert. Millions of people were crammed into the few megacities where roving bands of street savages created violence the justice system cannot control. From this decay arose a new order, a society ruled by a new elite force, a force with all the power to dispense both justice and punishment. The police jury and executioner all in one. They are the judges. And the prom is tomorrow! (laughs) Susie Muntz is the hottest girl in your class and you just gotta ask her to the prom before Chad Bradley does it, the Mm. pig. So Mm. David, what's the best way to ask out your your crush in an irradiated dystopia? Oh, okay. So, um... First of all, you got to be getting them radiated flowers because they're going to glow and they're going to light up her face, not only with a smile, but with radiation. 
And I'm guessing at this stage, we're building up a hefty layer of uh, radiation sensitivity. Um, that's not the word I mean. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, immunity? Correct. Resistance? 40 so, points. Yeah, yeah. You get 40 points for that. Ah, oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> so we're getting our flowers. That's good. We're going to um, uh, get a stretch limo from all of the crashed cars that are just dotted around that have fallen down most of the potholes in the uh, society. I'm just going to get a lot of welding done and just weld together all of the cars so that the uh, limo is just loads. It's very stretched because, you know, the longer the uh, limo, the uh, better the prom date. Uh, it, it, it's been said. Mm. I'm also it's gonna, been said. I'm going to learn to dance. The only formal dance training I've ever had is Scottish country dancing uh, lessons between the age of four and six. Uh, and I used to wear uh, shorts under my kilt because uh, not only am I not a real Scotsman, but they're very itchy. Um, Kilts are quite itchy. <laughs> it's an itchy life. Um, so... Uh, I've got dance lessons to make sure that I dance good at the prom. I've got flowers. I've got the stretch limo. And um, I'm going to grow wings. Take her for a fly at the end. We can do that with the radiation, right? I can grow wings. Yeah, you could, you could do that. But I don't know if the men and women of the Hall of Justice will allow to flight too high above street level. I don't need, like... You're also, like, you're, you're dodging... Flying cars and stuff, you know. There's Do you that think it's going to be bad... dangerous. It's it's Mega City One, David. There's always <laughs> danger in Mega City One. Is that the third level of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog? Because <laughs> it's not the third level in in <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Also, Rob Schneider's there. He's he's running about. You never mentioned Rob Schneider was going to be there. He's well, he's like a kind of like ex-con. He's just wisecracking. <laughs> he's running around going, I'm Animal Man, scrapes. let's go. He's not, he's not Animal Man. He's not, he's, but he's, he thinks he is. Um, his name. His name's Herman. Max von Sydow is there. He's He, he walks into the cursed earth. I still think I'm growing wings because if, as uh, any David Attenborough documentary has pointed out, if I can do a good display of like wing dancing then I'm certainly going to get the, the date. You think that's going to impress Susie Muntz? Wings? Susie Muntz loves... She's, if I sing Band on the Run at the same time, she loves wings. She loves wings. <laughs> <laughs> and then take, take her, her out some for food radiation chicken beforehand. She loves wings. Wings, wings and wings. Susie Wings Muntz, they call her. <laughs> Oh, David, David, David. Am I right? <laughs> okay, David. Here's how you win over Susie, Mon- Susie Munts. Yeah. First, relax. Be yourself. You got this, champ. <laughs> Second, be chill. Be funny. Show her that the time spent with you is good time. Thirdly, go out into the cursed earth and kill a mutated member of the Angel Gang and take their cyborg crusher arm back with you as proof. Fourth, don't forget to use mouthwash. <laughs> so, David, I can't give you 
the full amount of points for Wait, that. but they, the I, Angel Gang are going to have you. wings. Surely the Angel Gang have wings. The Angel Gang don't have wings. Wow. One of them is just like a kind of guy from the Wait, South. Is One the of Angel got Gang a big... made up of members of Westlife driving around going, we're driving no. without wings. Is that what's happening? Is that what you're trying <laughs> to tell? Not, they're not. They live in a cave. One's got a dial <laughs> on their head that they can crank up to angry. <laughs> and then they can go out and... Carlos the Square is drawing them as we speak mm. with big lines around it. I can't give you the full 2,000 points. What I can give you, though, <sighs> is 1,999 points. <laughs> yeah! There we go. It's just a bit of fine-tuning it was missing. There we go. So, David... It's good. Also, I was. It was all set in the Judge Dread universe. Ah, that, that's well. I watched Judge Dread and RoboCop for the first time in the same evening, and I was incredibly inebriated. And as a result, here's my uh, recounting of both Judge Dread and RoboCop. Bang! 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 Just lots of gunfire. That's true. Um, the original comic book of Judge Dredd is such an inspiration to Robocop that the original concept art for Robocop himself was just Judge Dredd. Mm, I do like Robocop. It's a fucking banging movie. You just like the scene where someone's dick gets shot off. I don't just like that. There's the bit where he can't connect with his family anymore. <laughs> There's that. I really like the bit where the guy clicks in his face and goes, I love this guy. I think that's a good bit of that's a good bit of world building. I love this guy. That's great. I love this guy. The versions of the uh different versions of Robocop are great. The T one thousand is Brit is a T one thousand? No, what's the um uh, stop motion big guy? Yeah, Ed is Ed something. Ed two nine actual nerds are listening to this now crying into their Funko Pops going, you're getting Robocop wrong. Well, I beat their king up, so I don't care what they say. <laughs> That's a callback to episode eight. Listen to every episode. Subliminal right. messaging. I beat up the king of the dorks. So there we go, David. You won. Now, over to you. Round five. James, you'll never guess what time it is. Excuse me, I just had to burp there. David, what time is it? It's 4.02. It's also time for everybody's favourite round. How are you? How are you? James, how are you? David, it's my birthday. It was it was yesterday. I'm feeling hungover because I had drinks. Oh, how many drinks did you have? Uh, right. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. That's very British. Six, seven, eight. What's that in America? Nine, Sorry. Ten. Now I've counted my fingers, I can figure out how many <laughs> drinks I had. I think I had about probably... I had lots of stubby cans. 
And then a couple of a couple of tutti flutes of bubbly. <gasps> tutti uh, flutes of bubbly. <laughs> tutti flute. I had a bottle of uh, bubbly I got from where I used to work, um, and I had. I, we in Sorry, could we? Uh, we we'll get to mm-hmm. editing that. Could you just cut? go again? Go again? Uh, go again? Me and me and my girlfriend. We uh, whose name is? That. I'll beat that out. Whose name is Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> me, me and the, the old ball and chain. Um, we were <laughs> we we kept that around. It's a Scandinavian we, name. It's Borland. <laughs> <laughs> when we move into the new flat, we can open that. It'd be nice. We opened it, and it was piss. It was real pissy. It was a real pissy little quaff. Oh no! It was horrible. I've had champagne but, that tastes like feet. And the person oh. pouring us to go, was telling us how much better champagne was than Prosecco and that Prosecco was rubbish. And then we drank it and we were like, this tastes like feet. And you know, you Look see out, people, Prosecco. Look out, Prosecco. This tastes like feet. Uh, it's a callback <laughs> to another. Please listen to every episode of this podcast. Um, the uh, Have you seen it where people talk about like, champagne in a very poetic way and it's basically like this it's as, as tasty as the stars are beautiful and then you get certain champagnes and you're like this one tastes like feet yeah this was a particular yeah this was quite a feety one this is very vinegary <laughs> a real feat a- of drink making if you will have, have you seen the uh orson wells champagne advert where he's very drunk the french champagne which is also a callback to another episode of this we've done we've also mentioned this before but yes carry on uh, it's good. Uh, I felt like that. <laughs> was that uh, another bit of acting was... impression work there? Uh... <laughs> uh, the French champagne has always been cited for its excellence. James Bond. <laughs> nice. Do you know that Orson Welles' voice is like the voice that they use? It's not him doing the voice, but they it's Pinky from Pinky in the Brain. Mm. Yeah. Is that's his voice? Yes, that kind of we try to take over the world. Mm. That's so good. Piggy the Brain's also excellent. Was that produced by Spielberg? Spielberg, yes, because it was in amongst the Animaniacs, which is also very good. He produced loads of cartoons in the nineties, mm-hmm. and I was like prime Spielberg whilst making Jurassic Park. It was at a point where we went, this guy doesn't miss. And then he started making newer films. And we were like, turns out this guy... This guy miss. misses. <laughs> He's quiet. Oh, great. More schlock. Brilliant. Oh, I'm meant to cry at this. Boo. <laughs> Boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Spielberg. Next yeah. question. Fuck you, Spielberg. David, How was it. your birthday, James? It was good. I had quite Please a book us for acting work, Stephen Spielberg. Please, Stevie boy, please. Bobby, I'm your guy. Um, it was good. I went to the Tate Modern oh, to see some artwork oh, by Piet Mondrian and Hilma Af Clint. And it was a very good exhibition. Walked around there and uh, then uh, the atmosphere was pierced by a small child who was really bored. And initially I was like, oh, that's a shame. And there was like, Oh, yeah, of course, because this is a 
if I was a child, I'd fucking hate this. How small was the child? The, not like small, like seven maybe. Mm. Enough where a child isn't going to walk through an exhibition of Helmer F. Clint and Piet Montreal and go, yes, I really enjoy the theosophical themes here. It's very interesting to me. And of course, yes, I could really see the melding of shape and form here and uh, how, how something so pictorial as maybe a, a painting of uh, a windmill might end up as a grid formation. Of course the child's going to hate it. Why, why take a child to it? Mm. Why? True. I do sometimes think that. It's like when people take like toddlers to Disneyland. And it's like they're just going to yeah. shit themselves and not remember it. Whereas if you take an adult to Disneyland, they'll shit themselves and not remember it, but in a fun way. <laughs> Through repressed memories. Here we go. Because something awful will happen. Mm. I love the Tate Modern. It's, it's one of the good ones, isn't it? It's fun because either you enjoy it and that's fun, or you hate it and that's fun. And you'll ver- there's very rarely something in there that's going to... Because if it, even if, if you find it boring, you're then like, well, why the fuck is it here? But if it's mental and awful, you're like, whoa. And if it's mental and good, it's great. So do you, ever do, do you ever do the thing where you walk into a gallery or a museum and you try and make a, a narrative between the paintings? Mm, of course. It's particularly good with like classical art. And you'd be like, yeah, that little shepherd boy turns into that horse. <laughs> Like a Pokemon evolution. Yeah, and then that horse kicks that guy in the face and that's why he looks like that. And that horse was Steven Spielberg. Um... (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a good birthday. Oh, did I tell you the best thing I ever saw in uh, Tate Modern? What did you the bloody see? Was it tell you a real piece of work that would be a mirror so you could look at yourself? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sorry, man. uh, The Matisse Scissors era exhibition uh, where Matisse uh, abandoned using paintbrushes and was like, instead of any like paintbrushes or pens or pencils, I'm only using scissors and I'm going to cut out stuff. In that exhibition, I saw Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 walking around as well. And I was like, oh my God, it's Mark (laughs) Hoppus from (laughs) Blink-182. I have narrowly missed bumping into Jarvis Cocker about three separate times in my life, and they've all been at the fucking Tate Modern. What? How do you know? I've been to Tate Modern like a few times, and I've been to Tate Modern loads, but and there's like three times where I've been in, and my mum's gone like, "You were stood right next to Jarvis Cocker." (gasps) Like, what the? (laughs) Jarvis? He in Sheffield? I thought you're keeping it real on Radio Six, Jarvis. Ah, uh, that's crazy. Um, amazing. Well, James, for having such a wonderful birthday and the fact that you turned 21, I'm going to give you 21 points. Mm. <laughs> James, it's and over to you. Best. Is this enough? Timothy's worked so hard. I'm so excited to see what the choir master's done with them. Oh, I'm so proud. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. 
dear St. Thomas's school. I am appalled, appalled that you would have allowed such a display to take place. A year, a whole year that my Timothy's been at the mercy of Mr. Tompkins, the choir master, and all he's done is get them to sing Ding Dong. Ding Dong. This is outrageous. This is monstrous. He's come home in floods of tears every night for a year because he was worried that it wouldn't be all right. He's very young to have that much worry on his shoulders. And let me tell you, it was not all right. It was a lacklustre with no vibrato or any semblance of resonance whatsoever. Mr. Tompkins, this is not good enough. I remain unmoved and ultimately unimpressed. Sincerely, Walter Goggins, the famous actor. P.S. I have no idea what accent you've read this in your own head with, but it had better been bloody serious. Round six. David. Hmm. Hor. Yeah. How are you? I am doing okay. I, uh, as previously mentioned, went to uh, Nottingham to uh, do a spot at Just the Tonic Nottingham. What a wonderful time. Uh, and whilst I was there, I stayed with my friend Pete, who I've not seen in 10 years. Uh, and so we started trying to like relive our childhood whilst hanging out together. So we went bowling. Uh, and we used to go bowling uh, once uh, a week during the summer, it turns out that there was a bowling club and it was mostly OAPs. Uh, but it was £5 for three games of bowling, which in any economy is great. But it also oh. meant that it was me and Pete who were like 15, maybe 16. And then all the rest of the people bowling were in their like 60s and 70s and had retired and were basically like walking up to the bowling lane with a Zimmer frame. And then just getting strike after strike and just annihilating us yes. at bowling. And they had etiquette, like you can't bowl if the person uh, to the left of you is about to bowl. Uh, and uh, if somebody on your uh, lane, there's only four people per lane. And if somebody on your lane uh, gets a strike or a half strike, you have to give them a high five. Uh, and so I took my friend Pete bowling. And it turns out he hadn't been bowling. He think he'd gone for his birthday about a year or two ago. And he hadn't been, and he'd also done his back in recently. And so it wasn't until we were stood at the thing. I was like, two games? He was like, one? And then we did the first game. And he was like, he did okay. I did quite good. And I was like, so do you want to go do something else? How are you feeling? And he was like, I think I want to go do another game of bowling. At the beginning of the second game of bowling, it was like watching a child like reawakening happening and he just was like <laughs> strike strike half strike strike and i was like oh shit it's on and it was so nice to see um and it was just really interesting to reconnect with somebody i've not seen in that long uh and it was just wonderful and like i realized that a lot of the earliest memories i have of like dicking about laughing uncontrollably were with my friend pete and i kind of have forgotten them that my girlfriend always talks about where my comedy origins come from because my uncle Tony is hilarious and she's like, I reckon it was him. And I'm like, it's not just Tony. It's also my friend Pete, I think. So it was just delightful. I also did a gig in Chester where I've never divided a crowd more 
Oh, where I could see people laughing and people were enjoying it and clapping. I could also hear an entire Hindu going, I don't understand that one. I don't understand that one. <laughs> but it was like a middle-aged Hindu. So it wasn't like young, like, it was like, it was weird. And uh, not that it's weird to have a middle-aged Hindu. It was just the response was odd. Um, uh, and as I was going... Uh, I, I, whilst I was on stage and people were applauding, I could hear some people audibly going, I think it's time for this person to get off stage. And uh, <laughs> and then as I came off, when I came off the loser upstairs and I went to go upstairs after chatting to the comedians for a bit, and one of the Hindu ladies was coming down the stairs and she was just talking to a man going, I just didn't get it. I didn't get the whole get up. I didn't get the, and then just like caught eye contact with me and just stopped talking immediately. It was like, oh, so she's talking about me. That's fine. Um. Yeah. Very odd. There's. I've got to say though, a lot of your stuff. It's not. It. it it's not like you're an arch clown guy who's coming out with high concepts. No. It's very. But it's dumb, and some people don't want dumb. But also, a lot of the other comedians were talking about how it felt that night about performing to about six different audiences at once. Ah, uh, one of them. Mm. So sounds like that was. Just the tonic for disaster. Mm, that was uh, that wasn't just the tonic. That was in Chester. The just the tonic gig went delightfully well. Please book me again. Sounds like that was just just about enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, th- th- those were some interesting things that happened, and Edinburgh is just close enough that I'm sort of shitting myself and excited at the same time. I'm shitting myself well, with excitement. <laughs> There we go. It's like Christmas with IBS. <laughs> that sounds like a bank advert. Christmas with IBS. <laughs> We've gone into liquidation. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, let's end this round now. <laughs> well, David, because of the bowling theme for that, I think it's quite fitting that there should be a strike in that I refuse to play this anymore. Goodbye. I'm only bloody joking, David, <laughs> because you did so well. I'm going to give you 200 points. Mm. 200 points. That's all to play for. So there really is all to play for. Mm. So, David... Over to you. Is this enough? Okay. David didn't submit a song this week. So it's fallen to muggings here to cover for him. Drop a beat. My name is the robot computer voice. I am very pro-choice. I consider David and James friends. Even though I am not even conscious. I like to drive around in my Vauxhall Corset, reading Jeffrey Chaucer. If I could I'd drive to the Nevada desert to eat some dessert. Another one. We the best music. Bleep bloop bleep. Vin Diesel's done very little wrong. I'm out. Round seven. James, round seven for this episode 11 spectacular birthday edition of Is This Enough? James, you may be thinking, David didn't get me anything for my birthday. Well, James, you would be wrong for this episode, uh, for uh, round seven. This uh, round is called Happy Birthday 
for a very special person from a very special person. This is for 69,000 points. Who have I got a cameo from for your birthday? Bonus points if you can guess how much I spent on the cameo. If you don't know about cameo, (laughs) the website... I uh, went on there. You can basically pay celebrities to wish happy birthday to somebody or get them to say anything. <laughs> I've got them to say happy birthday to James. David, what have you done? What have you bloody done? I've gone on Cameo and I've got that. And all I need you to do is guess who it is. Oh, my God. And bonus points if you can guess how much I spent on them. James, okay. do you understand the premise? And more importantly, I... are you excited? I, I, I understand, and I'm overwhelmed and close to tears, David. It's your birthday. Can't not do anything except for your birthday. Here is celebrity number one. Hello, James. David's told me what such a big fan you are, so I just wanted to wish you happy birthday from all of us here. Uh, have a great day. Which celebrity oh my could that God, be, James? <laughs> Was that Craig Mazing? The producer of Chernobyl. <laughs> is that your final answer? Is that Craig Mazing? Yeah, I, I'm going to say it's Craig Mazing, David. <laughs> Fantastic. Here's the answer. Happy birthday, James, from me, Michelle Obama. Barack oh, says my God, it's Michelle Obama. <laughs> so you missed out on 69,000 points there. Can you guess how much I spent on that, James? I'm going to say you spent a, spent. $44 for the 44th First Lady. I'm sorry, I spent £69 on that, James. Question oh. number two. I've spent so much money on these people, so much time getting this all sorted out. Number two, which celebrity is this that I've got to say happy birthday to you? Ian, I hope you're not feeling raw from yesterday's festivities. Happy birthday, James. David's told me you're a very big fan. I hope you got your claws into some fun last night. Who could that oh be? Oh my god! It's a celebrity. Are they giving you it's some a, clues? They might it's be a big celebrity with roaring claws. Could it be some sort of meaty wolf man? <laughs> is that your final answer? Is it Hugh Jackman? Is it Hugh Jackman? Is it, is it Hugh, Hugh Jackman? Jackman? If it was Hugh Jackman, how much do you think I would have spent on Hugh Jackman? I think you would have spent five dollary dues. Let's find out who it was. Here, happy birthday, James, from me, Leo the Lion, from the MGM logo. Oh my god, it's Leo the Lion from the MGM logo! I got the real Leo the Lion from the MGM logo. How much do you think I spent on Leo the Lion? (laughs) I think you spent a good amount. this round I was like fuck has he spent money I spent lots of money (laughs) but now I (laughs) realise what have you realised 
guys, James. The true I'm made gift of money, and I can get celebrities. Is, the true gift is fiction. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Did you spend? <laughs> did you spend one hundred and fifty pounds on Leo the Lion? No, I spent sixty nine pounds, James. <laughs> James, I could afford to get you one more birthday oh. gift from a celebrity. I've used up all of my cameo credits for the month. My bank is knocking on the door. They really, really want me to pay my credit card bill. But James, who here is wishing you a happy birthday? Hey up, Doc. Just wishing you a very left-wing birthday from the most left-wing person you could ever meet. Who can oh it be that's God. wishing you a happy birthday, James? Was it the old, was it the old muck and Nish? Was it Nish Kumar, did you say? Was it old mate Nish? <laughs> Let's see if that was Nish Kumar. Keep on rocking in the free world. Happy birthday from me, Vladimir Putin. Oh my God, <laughs> it's Vladimir Putin. <laughs> that must have cost at least 65, 69 pounds. It was 69 pounds. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> So, uh, so, uh, the possible... <laughs> possible 207,207 points, you got 69 points, oh, yeah. putting you on a cool... <laughs> So you could say, oh, it's all to play for. Ah, oh, you really could. <laughs> you really could. But I won't. Uh, James, it's over to you. Round eight. Uh, <laughs> what a night. Um... <laughs> <laughs> My face hurts. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, sorry. As is always the case, mm. I haven't prepared a final round for oh. this episode. Instead, I was contacted through the ether in my sleep through someone astral projecting in the dead of night. And they have asked me for them to present this round. So, David, presenting a round called Are These Hexes or Celebrity Exes? <laughs> it's my good friend, Alan Moore. <gasps> Hello, David. <laughs> it's me, Alan Moore, the acclaimed writer and master of the occult. I heard your latest episode in which you slowed down Nish Kumar's voice and it sounded like mine. 
I thought it was very amusing. So much so that I decided to close the dark grimoire of Val Altul and venture here into <laughs> cyberspace, which is one of the only two times I've ever left Northampton. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love summoning demons. But what I love even more is a hot bit of celeb gossip. <laughs> In fact, I once missed a deadline for Swamp Thing because I heard Julia Roberts was having trouble in paradise. I spent all night lying on my front on my big love heart shaped bed with my <laughs> curlers in, twiddling the phone cord around my finger, gaily kicking my feet in the air behind me whilst saying dish, dish, dish. I love celeb gossip as much as I love ritual magic and I am spelling that with a K. So I decided to create a game for you both to play. I'm going to read some ancient archaic sounding names and you're going to tell me if they are an incantation to bring, the fo to bring forth a beast from the lost dimension or if you think it's a celebrity couple that's broken up. <laughs> because this is an intrinsically spooky round, <laughs> I think it should have an intrinsically spooky score. Oh, yeah. And as such, each question answered correctly will win you 69 points. <laughs> That's just a little joke for you. 69ing isn't spooky, it's spectacular. <laughs> it's instead, you'll win 666 points. Now let's begin. Complete the salt circle. Unfurl the banner with the lesser key of Solomon painted in ram's blood and pour yourself a particularly large, crisp glass of Chardonnay. <laughs> Brangelina, is that a celeb couple that's broken up or is that a curse? <laughs> uh, I think that is Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yes, David. Of course it is. That's one of the most famous ones. Mm. Imagine saying that and that being anything other than Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I can't. You must think me you must think me a fool to think of anything else. Mm. Abaddon of Shaul. <laughs> is that a curse? Or is that a couple? I think that is a curse, Alan. Of course it is, David. No couple's names mixed together could make Abaddon of Shoal. That would be very silly, because, of course, that is Aramaic. And Aramaic has no celebrities in it. Just ask Google for yourself. I once asked Google. I saw the face of Google, of liquid information, and I said, Google, can you tell me when the next train to Northampton is. And it said, where are you leaving from? And I said, Northampton. And it said, how can you arrive where you've already been? And I said, ah. Oh. <laughs> David. Yeah. Jerchard. Is that a celeb couple that's broken up? Jerchard. Uh, Churchyard. Churchyard, David. Churchyard? No, not churchyard, David. 
Oh, yes. That's Churchill. Je, Chard. Je. Chard. Chard. So, like, Richard. Je. Je. Je Chard. Je Chard. I'm just trying to see if it sounds better as an incantation or as a... Oh, my God, did you hear about Je Chard? I'm going to say that that's an incantation. Oh, David. Well, in a way, you're half right. Because, of course, it's not an incantation. It's Richard and Judy. Churchard. But Richard and Judy, as we all know, are demons. So I'm going to give you the point anyway. There you go. A lovely, tasty 666. The number of the beast. Folly. Folly? Folly. Folly, as in like... Holly and oh no, 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 is it? no, Alan, Alan, Alan. David. I know this is your first time on this podcast, but we tend to keep it light here. And I've while I may have got light. a cameo from Vladimir Putin, bringing up Phil and Holly is not necessarily. I know. After they skipped the queue to see Her Majesty lying in state, <laughs> terrible. Must be an uh, incantation. David, it is Phil and Holly. Phil Spectre and Holly Spectre, his long-suffering wife. Oh, my God, that's worse. <laughs> there we go. So for that, I'll give you 69 points. What? Okay, cool, great. Shouldn't As this. hush money. <laughs> and finally... Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. <laughs> is that an incantation? Or is that a celeb couple that's broken up? I think it's a celeb couple that's broken up. Oh, David, 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 no. Oh. Saying Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner in a black mirror at 3.33 in the morning while the cock cries and you slit a lamb's throat, is exactly the way that you summon Zack Snyder. (laughs) I can't give you the points for that. However, I must say that I'm very impressed with what you've done and your work you've put in. You certainly know your dark arts and your hot gossip. I'm off. Goodbye. Or as they used to say in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, Fuck Grant Morrison. <laughs> terrible smell of sulphur in here since <laughs> since Alan left. Also incense. Also half of the half of the Covent Garden branch of Lush. Mm. Do you reckon Alan Moore shops in Lush? I defo shops in Lush. It's a, it's a well maintained beard. It is a very well maintained. I would beard. expect to see more cornflakes in that beard than I do. It's it's pristine. It's pristine. That was the uh, that's what that um, Christopher Nolan film was about, wasn't it? The pristine. <laughs> it was about Alan Moore's beard. It was about Alan Moore's beard, and at no point did. funny film i've not seen that film i need to see that film apparently it's very good oh i've given away the twist have you actually yeah i really oh no (laughs) yeah 
Oh, I had no idea as well. Oh, man. Day, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to bleep that for the listener. But, uh, uh, but you can't say, bleep it for yourself. I can't. I've had stuff spoiled for me before, so that's fine. Well, David, at the end of that round, you scored 2,067 points. Mm. Which brings your total to 34,266 points! 66! England welcome! England! So, James, at the end of this episode 11 birthday spectacular... Uh, you have a whopping 135,430 points, whereas oh my I God. only have 34,266 points. High-scoring game, but not enough from me. It turns out that this week, what you had was enough. So, Here James, you, you win, as almost as if it's also a birthday present and a prize... A ladder. Ooh. What are you going to do with your ladder? I will be honest, throughout this entire episode, I have had the laptop placed in front of the window to my balcony where I can directly see my ladder. <gasps> two ladders? So two ladders? I'm going to be rich. You could have a tables, ladders and chairs match like on the WWE with the Dudley Whoa. boys and the Hardy boys. <laughs> what I might do is try and combine both ladders and then seeing if I could climb down from here. Because uh, whenever I've invited, I've invited people to the flat and mm. about two people have walked out and immediately gone to the balcony, looked down and thought and said, I could survive that. <laughs> and both of those people were my cousins. Because my family is weird. <laughs> is this the same cousins that really like deal or no deal? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, uh, please listen I'm to other say, episodes. Oh, this is a callback to please listen my, to other episodes. My cousin Joseph was listening to this and he took umbrage with that. <laughs> he, he, he said, how dare you? I didn't like deal or no deal. That was all. My other cousin, Daniel. So Joseph and Daniel, if you're listening to this, Keep up the great work, fellas. I've got another ladder. I, unfortunately, as a forfeit, can only go downstairs for a week. Uh, so it's all downhill from here if stairs were hills, which they're not. I hope that a lot of people have cellars in their cellars or else I'm just going to spend a week in a cellar. What a guy. James, uh, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, David, if people were to want to find me anywhere, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at is that James O. You can find me on TikTok at let the James begin, which is admittedly a far better name. However, that was already taken for Instagram and Twitter, so I don't really know what to say. Mm. If you want to find me uh, on the internet, you can find me uh, at David Hoare, LOL, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch, where I stream Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, I've started taking Wednesdays off for my mental health. Um, 
You can also find my albums. You on... see what you freaks have done to him. <laughs> uh, you can find my musical comedy albums uh, under the name David Hall on uh, all streaming platforms. You can also find my instrumental music albums under the name Branching Audio on all streaming platforms. If you're enjoying the pod and you would like to follow us, you can follow at Is This Enough Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can email us at Is This Enough Podcasting at gmail.com to send in your answers and your scores, especially if you would like to do the audience round, which is coming up now from Birthday They, James O'Donoghue. Audience round. Well, ladies and gentlemen, last week on the episode 10 Character Spectacular, we had a pretty impenetrable audience round, for which I can only say, I don't know, not my fault. But for which Lord Francis of Quince is very sorry for. He asked a series of bullshit... But, uh, all right, so if you guess that the Earl of Rochester lost his nose to the pox, you're correct. That's all we need to say about that. Moving on. I liked, this, I liked, I liked the Quince guy. I liked him. I liked him. I should have figured out a voice for him. I, yeah, I, you, you win some. You quint some. You quint some. This... Audience round for this week is called Is This a Star Wars? <laughs> Which of these places have been filming locations for Star Wars? Good question. The Wales Millennium Centre in Cardiff, Canary Wharf Tube Station, Manchester Piccadilly Station, Yenan Stairlift. <laughs> for which, which I can these? only go down. <laughs> <laughs> See him at the funny pages, fellas. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, please send in your answers. Thank you for listening. As we say in the podcast world, Bob Iger. Bob Iger. David Hoare here, co-host of Is This Enough, letting you know that I am returning to the Edinburgh Fringe this summer from the 2nd to the 25th of August with my new show, 1000% Musical Comedy, in which I will attempt to create the maximum amount of musical comedy. Tickets on sale now from the Fringe website. I will be doing a preview of the show at the Brighton Fringe on Saturday, May 4th at 4.15pm at Three Jolly Butchers. Tickets available via Skiddle. And if you'd like to see James O'Donoghue live, they're performing on Thursday the 2nd of May at Comedy Queers at Off-Broadway in Hackney. Also, you can now watch full video versions of new episodes of Is This Enough on YouTube, starting with mini-episode 4.